let's just kind of paraphrase a lot of what we've talked about by adding one last little concept. And that is that everything you do in a relationship, everything you do in a marriage communicates. No couple I've ever met has trouble communicating. It's the fact that everything you do or don't do communicates. So get better at dealing with the messages. Get better at dealing with what's being communicated, not the fact that I don't understand. Because if you get pissed off, you understand. You just don't like it. That's a different issue. So do you ever envy those so-called hashtag couples goals? Well, you know, when you first fall in love with someone, you get butterflies every time you see them. You lust them. You're infatuated with them. You want to be with them all the time, like best friends. Do you want that to last forever? Together, let's discover what it takes to say a massive yes to all the above. Through our topical discussions, our world-renowned guests that will help guide the way to a happier, sexier, and fun-loving relationship. We're not doctors or therapists. We are just two normal individuals who have had many ups and downs in our 23-year relationship. And counting. We've amassed our own wisdom over the years, but we're still learning, just like you. Nina and I believe you can have it all and still live your best lives, as long as you're willingly and consistently discover each other in new ways. And that right there is what the show is all about. We're Nina. And Roger. And this this is The The Animal Animal Show. Show. Yeah, baby. And I'm here with my beautiful wife, Nina. And we are the Head of Wheel Show. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'll give you 10 out of 10 for that. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> to, gotta wake some people up. Got to wake some people up. Uh, last week's episode was a lot of fun. It really was. Yeah. Role-playing. talk about it. Role-playing. And uh, you guys got to meet Sarah, which uh, is Nina's little alter ego. <laughs> If you actually want to meet her and see her, you can visit our TikTok at t.fam, which will the link will be in our uh, show notes. Uh, we have a few um, little TikToks with her popping up in it. But she's also going to be going to be live on December 17 at 9 p.m. Was that a Friday? It's a Friday night, baby. So come and join us to meet Sarah. We'll be on TikTok. Around 9 p.m. Yeah. I hate saying an exact time and then we end up getting tied up with stuff so right it'll be nine nine ten ten, ten o'clock but we'll be on for a while and start uh, watching for it at around nine o'clock because <laughs> <laughs> you definitely don't want to miss this one yeah so i looked back and we didn't have any new reviews for the episode for our podcast this past oh, week no. Oh, oh no no. <laughs> oh no 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 we can't have that we have to have more reviews Y'all need to get moving and tell us what y'all think. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you guys enjoy this episode, these episodes or if they helped you in any other way, let us know. Send us a review. It's good to know that we're doing something good for people out there when we're doing Well, I episodes. definitely know we're helping a lot of people because I'm, t- I'm getting tons of DMs and, and messages and from everywhere, literally TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, yeah. and on our website too, uh, saying that how we've changed people's lives from the weight loss from self-love, from self-care, from just taking care of each other as as partners, as parents. It's incredible how many people have reached out to me and said we have changed their life in somewhat. Well, it's great that they do it on those platforms, but I believe it helps the podcast get out there to more ears when you do it on the actual 
on Apple Podcasts. The Apple Podcasts, yeah. absolutely, yes. Um, so Which is why we're asking for you to do that because help us help you. Hey, baby. <laughs> And it takes 20 seconds, people, 20 yeah. seconds. And I'll show you out on the next episode. Absolutely. So it's a win-win all over. <laughs> yes. And now we got the uh, the winter or Christmas season upon us. And I got to say, we love this time of year because you get to spend some really good quality time with your kids, with your family. You know, we've done everything from like shopping, building gingerbread houses, which I got to give you a tip. If you're going to build gingerbread houses with your kids, or even if it's just you, either buy the pre-finished ones or take the time to finish it and put it in the fridge right away because it doesn't harden up at all. <laughs> My son did, had a few friends over and they, they tried to build about four gingerbread houses. None of them stayed together. They all fell apart. Once you put the heavy stuff on, the, the icing, the candy and all that stuff, the, the four walls start to fall apart. Everything collapsed. Yeah, it was good fun though. What else we do at Christmas? We do we take you know family photos. We're you know bake together. We do all that stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's just hanging out with your kids, doing stuff that they love, and it's really good quality time together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's why I love the season so much. It forces us to unconsciously just spend a lot of time with our families and our kids. And yeah. I mean, besides the cold, I would say. <laughs> I mean, we've been really lucky this year. It hasn't been that cold this month. But I would say, besides the cold, this would be my favorite season of the year. Yeah. Just this month, though. Christmas was just in July. (laughs) I know, right? Well, it is. In Florida and California, those places, it's all freaking summer there. It's sunny, so it feels like, you know, it's Christmas in July. Let's do it. Let's move there, guys. Let's do it. (laughs) And speaking of Christmas, if... You or someone you know likes to work out but has been challenged to be able to get to a gym or not able to go to a gym for whatever reason, wherever you are. We have our fitness apparatus. It's a door. Door system. Yeah, door system. Works your entire body, which we used, by the way, we used to work with the entire time we were in the lockdown, which is about a year and a half. And we still use it every once in a while when we just want a quick workout at home because you can do every single body part like 10, 15 times on these things. It's right. it's great. And we just put it on sale as well. Uh, we lowered the price. It's on our website. All you have to do is uh, click on our link in the show notes to our website. Yeah. And then I think the tab is called shop and you'll find the system there with the ab roller and the bands, or you can just buy the ab roller and the bands on their own. But before we go any further, I want you to know that that system is for everybody, whether you're just starting, whether you're intermediate or strong, or or an athlete, anyone can use a system. It's got three different resistance on on there that you can use up. And like Roger said earlier, it, it is for the entire body workout. So you can use it for any part of your body to strengthen your body, or just for everything. Yeah, it's a great system. It is a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys check it out and have a uh, great Christmas. We can, if you do order now, we'll do everything we can to get it to you before Christmas. Yeah, it'd be tough to get it before Christmas. Well, it depends. If they're locally, we can find a way to drop it oh, off. Right. But that's if we're right. limited by shipping and <laughs> times, then that's what we're limited by. So we'll do our best to get it out to you. What's um, your best? Your best. I my love. best is to drive it right to your door, knock on your door <laughs> and say, hey, here's your system, baby girl. <laughs> or baby boy. You sound foolish. <laughs> Y'all can um, see him. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about our... Next amazing 
guest that's going to give everybody some well, amazing today's nuggets. guest is it's kind of breath of fresh air because I've got he's a man and we got men's perspective on the show which we don't have a lot of that often I think we've only had a few other men's on the show before especially about sex right he is Dr. Corey Allen he is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a professional relationship coach Corey is here to teach us about how couples can have a better life and better sex. Better sex, baby. Basically, in order to have a better life, you have to have better sex. <laughs> yeah. That's all you have to say. We don't even have to introduce anybody. Just no, absolutely Listen not. to this to have better sex. That's right. <laughs> so that's right. Without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Corey Allen. Let's do it. All right, Dr. Corey Allen, welcome to Head of Heels show. We are so excited to actually have a, a male point of view on our show because we've had so many... <laughs> Because Roger doesn't bring the male perspective. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, it's like trying to teach her how to drive standard. If I do it, it's going to be a shit show. If somebody else sits in the seat and does it, she's going to learn in no time. <laughs> oh, she hears it all. I hear exactly what she That's not unlike therapy. I say the same thing spouses have been saying. And they're like, you finally listen to him. What's that? What gives? <laughs> and, and that's when you come in, you know, marriage therapy, doctor. Let's go. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about yourself, just, just to, for, for our audience to, to know who you are and what you do. I've alluded to it already. So by training, I'm a marriage and family therapist. Uh, I have a PhD in family therapy. I've been in private practice since 2002. Oh, wow. So for a while now, uh, I moved everything to all online now. So I work with people from all over the world, which is fascinating and fun. I have a podcast that's been on the air for just over 10 years now called Sexy Marriage Radio. It comes out every Wednesday. What are you um, at, like six? 700 episodes tomorrow's episode as, as we're recording this tomorrow's episode is 548 wow good for and, you good for and you and so that's been fun the last three and a half years my wife has been my co-host uh yes. so that's been a that's been a different anxiety provoking situation at times but it's been a lot of fun <laughs> i have um, no idea what you're talking about yeah it's <laughs> she invaded my territory after about seven years of being on the air um but no it's it's been great because we're getting build this thing together and keep it going we've been married for 28 years now we have two teenage kids also that we're talking about what's life like after and plans and dreams and navigating the world of teenagers which is as you well know moody depending on the moment um <laughs> not unlike us adults how old are you regards. teenagers so 16 and 14 okay so we're we're 13 and 14 right now okay <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. And so so I, I just my whole mission with Sexy Marriage Radio is I want to help couples have better conversations about their married life and the struggles they have and particularly their sex life, because those suckers are always interwoven. Absolutely. Perfect. You, well, you know what? You're right up our alley because that's exactly what we are trying to do on our show is have couples have fun relationships. Well, not just that. We, I mean, we, me and I are both also in real estate. We sell homes. And so we deal with a heck of a lot of divorce situations. Mm -hmm. Some of them, I think, why are you guys getting divorced? You seem mm -hmm. to get along. You seem to be. The energy's there. Yeah, it's just they've given up. So we we want to kind of help those people. I mean, there's certain marriages I know that are just impossible to fix. Mm -hmm. um, but there's some of them that can be fixed. It's just it's easier to give up. You know, that's that, that true. Itch. It's that's called, true. I think that's what it is with a lot of those people. Because I don't know if it's seven or 10 or 20, whatever it is. I think it's they a lot, give up. lot sooner now. It is? Yeah. And I think there's actually a societal thing. That's, I've just come across this recently. I haven't really done a big deep dive in it, but I've heard mentioned a couple different times. You know, used to with marriage, 
the gatekeeper to get out of it was a lot higher, right? Because it, who wanted to be single? Right. Right. Because who, how, where would you find the next person? Right. Because yeah, there was less there. options, quote unquote, because we were all in, in our community and that's all we had. That's right? Right. You, you most likely met and married somebody you'd went to school with or your family knew. And nowadays the entry into finding the next one is so easy because you just pull up an app and swipe left or right. I don't understand which one that is because I don't do it, but I got the concept. Right. And, but it's just that idea of, it makes it seem like now maybe there's an element of we're a little more flippant about relationship longevity. And maybe that's always been the case, but I know marriage still carries some weight that people still value and honor it and see it as, Hey, I, this, this matters to me, but there is an element of, I want to see people stay in marriage longer because I think we just get better in marriages. I think, I think marriage is a people growing machine. And if I can help and you guys can help people maybe reframe that to see it as, wait, nothing's going wrong. You get along. Good. You fight. Yeah. That's going to happen. You know, and just, you kind of make sense of it and maybe it helps people. Okay. Hold on. Maybe there's a little more in this that I could get out of it. It's not just about my happiness. Yeah, exactly. And people look at their happiness and, and if they're not as happy as they, they want to be, then they, they turn to resentment over the other person. Like, mm-hmm. It's because of you, you know, it's because of my situation with you. Well, we're right. human. We, we always try to play the blame game. You know, it's your problem. It's your fault. You're the one who did this to our, to us. You know, it's, it's not, taking the responsibility to look inside yourself and see what have you done? <laughs> that well, was, you know. And what's interesting, Nina, is what if you actually flip that conversation to where, okay, let's say by, let's use you guys, hypothetically speaking, let's say all of a sudden now Roger does exactly what it is you were hoping for all along. He's, he's the mind reader. He's the, he's the exact what you're wanting that's going to be very short-lived before that's going to drive you even more crazy. I'll be bored out of my person. mind. Exactly. That's kind of big. That's like being married to a clone yeah. of yourself. And I mean, frankly, we all spend a hell of a lot of time trying to get away from ourselves. So why would I want to have another one of me in, in my marriage? That, that's not going to go well. Well, you know, you brought that really, really good point, Dr. Allen. We, we work out a lot as well. We go to the gym and we see a lot of these youngest that come up to us all the time. You guys are you know, a couple goals. You have an amazing relationship. What's your secret? What is it? I'm like, the secret is the challenges. The fact that I want to kill my husband 90% of the time, that's the secret. Because if it was the other way around, if I was comfortable with him 90% of the time or being happy with him, I wouldn't want that relationship. That would be bored out of my mind. But that's maybe just me, the type mm-hmm. of person who I am. I like challenges. I like being you know, put in my place every now and then. I like being uh, chasing after things with him. I don't think I'd be happy in a, a boring relationship. So that I think for us, that's one of our secrets. So what's the challenge? Is it to find a way to kill me without getting caught or find a way to back off from killing me? I'm still working on that one. It might be both there, Roger. We might not want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> hey, listen, they say happy wife, happy life. So I'm going to try to stay happy. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the biggest problems in my world is that myth and belief because it's not true. It is not. Okay, let's talk about that myth. Why is that not true? Why a lot of women think they should be happy, their husbands should make them happy? Happy about what? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's it. There's the the problem right there. (laughs) Because how do you know, how do you define happy? Mm -hmm. Right? It's because it's fleeting 
we go back to a baseline of whatever we once were anyway. I mean, the research yeah. shows like lottery winners, whatever your happiness level standard was, when you get all this influx of money, you get a little bit of a spike of euphoria, if you will. But then you go back to whatever it was you were before mm-hmm. on your baseline level of quote unquote happiness. And if not even more destructive, because you hear of all the different people that just blow everything and then they wind up even worse. But happiness is such an ill-defined, bad target for life. Yeah. Because Let's nowhere see. does it say that it's going to fulfill you. I mean, I think humans are, we are meaning-making machines. And so there's an element of, I got to have something meaningful and deeper that I'm after in life. That's substantial. That's and then when I have that, this is what's so interesting. When I have that, happiness comes along. Mm-hmm. And when you build something good or you help some couple really well, that's a meaningful, deep thing that you get happiness for doing. It is absolutely true. For past year that we've been doing this podcast, Corey, it's been incredible because of all the feedback that we've been getting from couples or from people that are saying, you have changed my life. You have changed mm-hmm. my marriage. My relationship is so amazing because of little things that we've shared in our marriage that worked for us mm-hmm. that people didn't think was possible for them. But you know what I mean? So I agree. I hundred percent agree. That's fulfillment comes from giving period given that's for me. Is- well, I was, I was reading uh, Will Smith's book recently. And yeah. in his book, he, he said, he says that him and Jada had a com- conversation saying, I can't make you happy. You got to go out, make yourself happy. I'm going to go out, make myself happy. And then we'll come together happy. Essentially. So like, I mean, I think the saying happy wife, happy, happy life was something that was started by men to say, you know what, if I keep her happy, then I'm going to be happy. Uh, okay. Maybe I think, I think really there's a deeper undercurrent that might be what's going on. And I think, uh, assuming the, the husband or the man is the higher desire for sex than the woman in that equation. Cause I believe in higher desire, lower desire, right. neither a right or wrong, no virtual high ground. That's just differences. Right. I think that if a man is the higher desire for sex, happy wife means I maintain the possibility of availability most because if she's happy, she'll want to have sex more. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't upset her, I have a greater chance of having sex more. And I don't think I've so ever thought that in my life. Ever. Maybe so, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't believe you. Um, <laughs> you saw his face? <laughs> I did see that face, but it's, but it's that element of, okay, hold on. That's such a, um, in some regards, it's the meaning of another human's capability. Mm-hmm. Because if, I, if what I really want in a sexual relationship, especially especially somebody that I'm married to or in a long-term relationship with, I want them to want to be a part of that. I want them to be passionate about that, which means they better bring all of it. It's not just going to be good. It's also going to be bringing the bad. You know, They're going to be the 90% trying to kill you, as she's <laughs> right. already alluded to. There's going to be some of those that's like, whoa, there's some volatility there that could scare me. But man, that's also an incredibly good challenge to like the other side of that could be, wow. There's some serious energy here. There's some serious passion there. Now I got a whole nother problem on my hands. So how do I handle all of that when it's, when it's pushed in a good direction, right? And so that's where it, it kind of lands on each, sho- each person's shoulders to understand this is a dynamic. There's nothing going wrong. How do I just view it better? You know, I love, I love the, the concept that you just brought up that the higher energy and lower energy. We recently had a, we've had few sexologists on the show that were females. And that's why I was so excited that you were on today because I wanted to hear your perspective as a male in this situation. We were talking to uh, Dr. Molly last few weeks ago about how 
women don't, uh, a lot of women, especially certain cultures, cannot express their sexual desires. They cannot express who they are. So they depend on the man to say, okay, here, let me, let me have whatever I want, sort of. So they, they will just, but they won't feel anything because they don't know how to, to express that. And the fact that you're here talking about that, the higher desire, lower desire, I really would like you to talk a little bit more about that, just to understand, make people understand that just because you have lower desire, that doesn't mean is, is that's what it is. Because a lot of women don't know. About, no, I, I I agree. But also a lot of women don't know how to express that desire because they were not taught. So okay. I believe it's a lot of it to do with that. And coming from that culture, I kind of know where that's coming from because growing up, you weren't allowed to talk about sex, <laughs> you know, as female. Okay. No, I get you. Well, because there's it's it's fraught with all kinds of messages in there that if you are a sexually vibrant woman, you're going to be fighting men off all the time rather than if you're a woman in some regards, you're fighting men off all the time. It doesn't matter if you're vibrant or not because we've, we've, we've made it way too basal, if you will, on us as humans, rather than no, we are a lot more complicated and sophisticated and capable of, of being attracted to somebody, but still treating somebody well. Right. right? And, and not objectifying them. And I mean, there's, there's a deeperness, deeper thing to us, but, there's, so there's two different phrase, frameworks you can use with this, Nina, that one is the higher desire, lower desire, which is where we've kind of landed with Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, but the other is uh, spontaneous and responsive desire, that one person is a more spontaneous desire, that it's their threshold to being aroused is a lot lower. Something that's triggering is like, whoa, I'm ready to go. And a lot of that's based on biology, visualization, uh, nature, nurture, all of it, right? The other side of it is responsive, which is where you need something specific to instigate and bring about that arousal and that and it's responded to. And Would you so, say that's more towards a female? Um, I think I think there's there's a majority that would be under that category that are female, but that's not all. No, okay. It's female. And, and it's not even a vast majority that's female, because I think there are a lot of men that are more responsive because they don't have the sexualized nature, if you will, that they grew up with okay. or the bravado that they grew up with, that it was a scorekeeping kind of a thing. And so there's, there's a lot of different nuances in, it, and it's really hard to nail it down until this is the one thing you guys know that, right. You're talking right. about marriage and relationship stuff. There's not just one thing. It's a lot. Right. So it's just recognizing if you are a woman that are more responsive or the lower desire compared to your partner, then it's just recognizing, okay, in some regards, you have to challenge what's my message. Is, is low desire mean no desire? Mm-hmm. No. No. That's one of the big myths right there. It just means it's lower. I'm just not interested in it. It doesn't mean as much to me. But when I do it and I'm involved in it, it can be spectacular and it can be beneficial for both of us. And he can't even keep up with me when I'm really going. And you can start to recognize there can be shifts in that. As you're talking, I'm trying to remember in our relationship how it is. I think we're both the same thing. I mean, we both have low and and high, but more high than anything. (laughs) I I think you're a little lower than than, than my highs, but, uh, you know. Well, but there's nuances in there, though, because he could be the higher for frequency. Nina, you could be the higher for novelty and variety. 
There you right. go. He's, like he's in the hole. No, no, no. This is what gets the job done. And it really is good. And you're like, no, no, no. But I want to try it out like this way, upside down, hanging from the ceiling. And he's like, I didn't even get all that prepared, you know, but it's just, there's nuances in there. And the more I think couples can recognize, okay, what role do I play? The more I can play better at that role. Because if a, if a lower desire can start to recognize, okay, this is something that's beneficial. I can be expressive in it. It's an incredibly life-giving thing for me and for my spouse. Then, okay, I just need to remind myself of that sometimes. And then for some women, it becomes, it's a mind decision. And then the body follows. Mm. Versus because a lot of higher desire men will do the, hey, honey, you're interested in a little bit of sex, which I hate. Anytime you're going to introduce the options of sex with a lower desire spouse, don't frame it in the form of a question. Yeah. Because if you do, it's an easy no, because it's not on their radar. If I bring it up to my wife in the middle of the workday, it's a no, because she's in the middle of her job. It's not on her radar. Yeah. Right. But if I frame it as, hey, tonight I'm coming after you, get your defenses ready. That's a different kind of announcement. And she's like, why do I need defenses? Which those are a great nights. And sometimes it's like, all right, I'll muster all the characters to keep you out today. And, you know, I'm like, okay, at least it's a dynamic and dialogue going on. It's more freeing and energy giving. Well, I think like recognizing, the, go. The dialogue is what is the main thing. Cause I mean, I can see, you know, we, we do a lot of TikTok lives. We talk to our community and a lot of times they'll say things like, oh, my husband, doesn't seem to desire me. I mean, there's a lot more women than men on, on, on this, uh, these lives, but my hu- husband doesn't desire me or the other way around. My wife has a sub with me in months. It, you're saying that you know, that person would have the higher and the other person would have the lower. Mm-hmm. The person with the lower sometimes without the communication, they, they sit there and they know that sex has got to be part of the equa- equation. So they'll kind of just do it to say, okay, I did it now. I did my chore. Yeah. It's like a chore pretty yeah. much. As opposed to, you know, putting some energy in there and, and telling them what you like. Uh, like actually a few things that twisted for, for us in our sex lives and stuff like that is let's say watching a movie and it's something very, very passionate and hot happens. And I look at her, I'm like, mm, did you like that? Like, you know, how, how did you, how did that make you feel kind of thing? And then maybe try and implement something like that later on, you know? So you end up getting a bunch of toys you never end up using, but you know what happens. <laughs> it's trial and error in some regards. It's exactly it. But with that equation, though, Roger, that you're describing, there's this is where it's imperative on both sides to recognize, is what I'm seeking and is what I'm offering worth wanting? Mm-hmm. Because the higher desire sometimes is looking for something that's totally slanted just towards them. So why would the lower desire want to be a part of that a lot of times? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's that idea of is is the sex I'm having even worth wanting? Because in that regards, you have to start asking yourself the question is the higher desire. What's wrong with me that wants multiple helpings of really lousy sex? <laughs> right. Because it, it, there's only so long that's going to be satisfying, if at right. all, because there is this component of I think when the higher desire wakes up and realizes, no, I don't want this as, as an obligation. I want you to be a part of this. Mm. Confronting that is a scary proposition. I've had to do that in my marriage. Of like, hey, where are you? Well, I'm just not there. Okay, well, I don't want it then. And walking away from that made me feel like I was walking away from sex forever. Mm. Was, that, was, was also, that after a long period of, after many years? Or was that, because that also depends on the season of the relationship, right? Absolutely. No, this, this would have been over a decade into our marriage. Okay. Um, but 
it's just one of those because Pam and I've been on this journey that we talk about on the show. Uh, we've been on it for about 15 years of just really looking at this through the lens of my job is just presenting the best me possible, mm. not just for her, but for me. Yeah. And hers is the same. And that's where energy comes of I'm not responsible for her. You know, I'm responsible to her, yeah. not for her. Right. Yeah. And there's a differences in all of this. And so when I start to look at it that way, you start to look at, hey, well, I just really want you. I just really want you. But I settle for crumbs. Wait, what am I really saying then? Right. I'm yeah. not getting you. So I'm teaching you. It's OK. Don't believe what I say. And that's where you start to get more sophisticated in what's really at play in a committed relationship. And that's stuff that's unavoidable, but we just act like we don't see it. Right. I, I love that. I love the fact that you say you're doing this for me and she's doing that for her because with that communication in hand, you're bound to succeed because if you keep it to yourself and you're like, oh, she's not giving me what I want. He's not giving me what I want. It can continue in that marriage. And that's when disaster happened. That's when, you know, eight months later, you haven't had sex or you haven't on a lot of things actually you, there's a statement you said in one of the podcasts i was hearing that you were getting interviewed in and you had mentioned like would you want to marry you would you want to have sex with you would you want to be attracted to you mm-hmm. if you were the opposite side you know what i mean so you, you're trying for yourself and this is a lot of the reasons why Nina and i spend a lot of time in the gym and we take good care of ourselves we try and dress well is because i want her to be attracted to me because I'm attracted to her and I want, mm-hmm. I'm sure she wants me to be attracted to her. That's why she, you know, does everything to look so amazing, you know? So, All for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it also makes you feel better outside. You know, you feel more comfortable with yourself in other people's eyes as well when you try a little bit. Well, we're committed, well, you know? Sure. And, and there's also the inescapable fact that I never get away from the relationship I have with myself. Mm-hmm. Right. That at the end of the day, when I put my head on the pillow, am I taking stock and I'm taking stock of my day? Where's my level of self-respect? Yeah. And the way I went through the day, because I may not influence and change what I've impact, what I what I had to deal with that day, but did I earn me and how I went about it? There's a huge difference because we've kind of become a society over the last decade, maybe, of well, you've offended me, or if I can't exact change, then why even try? Rather, no, our best. We, I think, we still as humans are demanded of bringing our best. It may not be enough, but it is for me. I hundred percent agree with you. I agree. You know, it's as simple as when we argue, him and I. I would at night. I would be like, "Why did we argue? What did that? How did it get to that point?" And I'll sit there and think, "What did I do?" That mm-hmm. brought that argument. I seriously, I, at the moment, I probably blame him for it. But at night, I sit there and say, it was me that caused that argument. So I'll bring myself back and say, what did I do to get that? So it's the same thing with intimacy. It's the same thing with everything else. What did I do to play a part in that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's on both sides. The things that are successful, how did I help create that? And the things that weren't, what's my culpability in that? Yeah. Because we're all, we're not, there's no victims in relationships in a lot of ways. They're all volunteers. Funny thing is, is, I mean, you doing what you're doing, us doing what we're doing, you know, we learn a lot. Now, you've been in a relationship for over 25 years, I, I believe. I, I read yeah, 28. 28. We're, we're 24 years together. We learn a lot of stuff here. But at the same time, it's, it's easy to tell somebody else, oh, you need to do this, this, this in your relationship. You need to do, do this, 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 and you'll have a great relationship. 
But then when we argue with each other, it's almost like that advice went out the window. Of course. <laughs> oh, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, how, how do we expect the people that are listening to us or you, that you're training or, t- or teaching to follow those guidelines when it's hard for even us to do it? Well, I think you add the addendum to it that um, these are frameworks that can be helpful when you're not emotionally flooded, because when you are emotionally flooded, all that crap goes out the window and we, we struggle with it too. And then the other component is you start to recognize, wait, this is normal. Mm. This is what matters because if you didn't, I mean, let's flip a little bit of what Nina's already said of the 90%, 10%, right? If there wasn't a 90% of you are driving me so crazy that there are times I have thought of murder. Well, that's actual, if you think about it, that's passion, that's energy, that's good. Rather than the other side of it, if it was 90%, I'm just indifferent and I don't even care what you do. That's the death nail of a relationship. Yeah, I agree. So if I, I would rather have a couple sitting fronting me or email in that absolutely hate each other that's salvageable and usually fairly easy. Yeah. yeah. But if they are ones like out the door and I'm just indifferent and I don't even care anymore and I'm showing it and feeling that, well, then you, we got a major relational likelihood. It's not going to survive. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's make it clear also with, with my statement earlier, 90, 10%, 90% wanting to kill him. The reason why I say that all the time is because Raj and I do everything together. Corey, we sell real estate together. We mm-hmm. do the podcast together. We work out together. We raise our children together. God damn it, we clean the house together. Okay. Yep. So we are attached to him almost 90% of the time. So you're bound to have discrepancies. Yeah. You're bound to have difference of opinion. You're bound to have, and I don't want him to agree with me because that'll be boring as hell for me. You know, yeah. I want him to challenge me. I want to challenge him. This is who we are. We're human beings. We're not going to be the same people. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that I think a lot of the teachings that you're doing and the stuff that we get from our guests and we're we're passing on to our listeners is yeah the heat of the moment is the heat of the moment mm-hmm. but you gotta implement these things to to make up quicker make up faster you gotta do the work you gotta do the work beforehand before yeah. the heated moment yeah <laughs> well I mean the heated moment like I said it's there so you're gonna be arguing you're gonna say something that you didn't mean to say she's gonna say something she didn't mean to say. But it's the how you reflect on it afterwards and how long that argument's going to last. It could last a week or it could last an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you recover well? Yeah. Sorry? Right. It was just that idea of this. I, I have a qualifier of great marriages are defined by couples that recover well. Amazing. Yeah. Because that's it. You're still going to make each other mad. You're still going to disappoint each other. You're still going to have varying wants or interests in things. But can you recover well? Is it not World War III because one of you wants Chinese food for the seventh day in a row, right? <laughs> because I really love Chinese food. Well, I've had enough. Well, okay, can I recover? Well, oh, and lo and behold, can you pick up what's something at the next restaurant next door while I pick up my Chinese food? Does that mean it's divorceable offense? No, it just means we have different likes in that regard. It's funny because we grew up, I grew up with five, five older sisters and two other siblings. So it was a big, big, big family growing up. And we used to fight, like we fist fight a lot of times, much of us together. We verbally fought. And I would say when I was younger, I can't wait to get out of the house. So I wouldn't have to deal with this. So I had that escape. But marriage is the same thing, except you don't get out of that house. You stay in that house forever. So you got to find ways to fight clean, to mm-hmm. find good <laughs> with your partner. 
Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we've done a lot of work to get to where we are today. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. I mean, that's but, that's part but, of it. But as as a professional, you're on our show to help our audience. What do you say to marriages that have been together a long time, but they don't have the knowledge that we do, or they don't have the skills that we do to to, to navigate through that marriage and not kill each other and to have more sex, to have a fun relationship? What do you say to that to that couple? Well, I think that there's an element of just recognizing um, how do you view what's going on through a little bit of a different lens that rather than this isn't fulfilling for me or this is boring or you start looking at, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to use a blanket statement indictment of my marriage is boring, I'm going to be willing to bet your life is boring too, right? That you've not done stuff for yourself, that you don't, you're expecting something out of your marriage that you're not seeking yourself either. There you go. Self-fulfilling prophecy is if I don't pick myself up, other people will drop me, right? And we, will, I'll help people in tragedy. I'll help people in crisis, but only for a time because I know it's going to weigh me down. It's like, that's why child rearing does have an end to it. Because if we were perpetually responsible for our children as, the, as if they were infants for the life of them, none of us would have kids, <laughs> right? Because it's this whole, uh-uh. I need my own space. And for sure, women wouldn't because everybody's going to be fighting for time on the breast then. And it's like, come on, you got to be kidding me. You got to go out and just eat regular food because I want these suckers back for my own self, right? And I want them back. Well, <laughs> and then I can choose who I share them with. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's this idea of seeing this, this the dilemma of, I think life is designed to create self-sufficient people. And Marriage is one of the best ways to do that. Child rearing is one of the best ways to do that. And so if you can look at it through that kind of a lens, you start to realize, okay, if my life has gotten boring, it's probably all the meaningless time we're spending together. How do I make it a little more meaningful? What if I do something that's bigger in my story? What if I adopt something huge as a, as a goal? What if I, I mean, because we, when we launched Sexy Marriage Radio, when I launched it, now that my wife's on board, we literally, and we have not talked about this in a long time, but we literally had a goal of we want to eliminate the divorce rate. It's exactly right? that that's that is the goal of let's get it to zero, <laughs> right? That is a huge goal. It is. Can we that, can we affect some change in that? Yes. Can we make it all happen? I don't know, but that's something big and worth dying for in a sense. That's beyond my marriage. Now, if she can join me with that. We've got an energy source that's outside of us that we both drive towards. Mm-hmm. That's a huge difference. I love most that. couples we don't do mission. that. We have the same exact mission as you guys, and that's, that's exactly why we started this podcast. We're like, there's so much divorce out there that shouldn't be. How can we help reduce that number? You know, yep. I mean, from our families, we start from our families. We all both have divorce in our families and our siblings and our, our, our you know. And it's heartbreaking and it's yep. a lot of times it's unnecessary. So if you can help that, you know, if you can join force with you and Pam, we can we do it, you know. Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> Make it worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're exchanging goals with that person, you're exchanging fantasies with that person, you're exchanging insecurities and things that make you tick with that person. I think the whole thing is is you know, you talk about those things with each other so that you can both move forward, whatever those whether they're fantasies or goals, don't pass judgment. Don't pass judgment on what she wants. Just think, or he wants, just think of what you can do to help them get there. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's a different, I think that's a different energy source that comes from that then, because they're not the source of all of that. They get to be a collaborator in it or not. They get to be a participant and an ally in it or not. And that's different. Yeah. Like I said, when we're watching movies and, and we see something and I see that it triggered something for her, if I were to get mad at that, that, oh, you know, she sees that guy being ultra passionate with this girl on a boat then I'm not getting anywhere with that. You know, it's not that she wants to be with that guy. She wants that situation. She wants that narrative. Okay. Now passing judgment is a, is a something that I think is the reason why a lot of us won't articulate what our passions are or our goals. Okay. You know what I mean? And we're afraid of how to be responded to. Yeah. You're scared. Or reacted. I have a few more ideas for you after the show. So, (laughs) We might need to wrap it up right now, then. <laughs> you know, why didn't tell our audience where they can find you? <laughs> oh, I wasn't serious. Okay. <laughs> no, we can keep going. I love this conversation. Like I said, I love Mel's perspective on this because we've had so many females on the show, and it's great to have their opinion, but I also wanted you know, the, the two or three male that listen to our show to hear your perspective on, you know, Oh, everything, sex and intimacy and marriage. And you talk about that on your radio. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- this is what, what jumps out to me from what you just talked about there, Roger, is this idea of it's the Walt Whitman quote. Uh, we're huge fans of uh, Ted Lasso, right? We, we've watched that as a family. And he quotes Walt Whitman in there of be curious, not judgmental. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if you're curious, you ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And man, life would be so much different for every single person on the planet if they would just be better at asking questions, not seeking the answer necessarily, like give me the answer. How do I do this? How do I, but just ask better questions. What could be going on here? This, this, uh, you know, whatever the tension is that you have in your marriage, because every couple has gridlock issues Yep. where what you want is blocked by what your partner wants. That's just a non-negotiable in my mind, because mm-hmm. you can leave this marriage and get in another one and you just change 10 problems for 10 problems. Let's say, right? because <laughs> you're the common denominator in it. One, that's right. one. You can't ever get away from yourself. So, but what if I ask myself the questions of whatever it is that Roger's wanting from me? And I ask, okay, what if what it is he's wanting, he's not wrong? What if, what if, what if he's pointing out in me something that's not wrong? What if there's truth in there? Man, now I got a whole different way to deal with what I'm facing in life. And I got a possibility of being better myself rather than just being comfortable. Because comfort, good, we all want it, mm-hmm. but we can't, it's not sustainable. That's where monotony and, and routine comes in. And then it becomes boring. Yeah. And if nothing, the pandemic has shown, we need non-boring. The non-boring. <laughs> I absolutely we, there is a lot of downfall that comes from isolation and holding up and fear and anxiety. There is a lot of pitfalls in that that are now being discovered, which is good. But man, it's a huge price to pay to learn that. Mm-hmm. So it's just recognizing, okay, what if I ask better questions about what's going on? Now, all of a sudden, I got a different energy source to seek the answers and, mm-hmm. to, and to wonder and be, be curious. I wonder if this would work. What if, what if I tried that? And that's a whole different framework rather than, well, but if I bring it up, she's going to say no. How do you know? Yeah. Change the way you bring it up. Change the, way you, change the way you go work out. Change the way whatever it could be. And who knows what kind of impact that creates? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of situations where we, that I can remember growing our life together where she would suggest something and I would take it as criticism. Mm-hmm. And 
not act on it right away. And then all of a sudden, later on, you try it. I'm like, hmm, she was right. But it wasn't, you know, we'll tell you the real story here, Dr. Uh, Corey, because you just said, if you're curious, you ask questions. That's exactly what happened in our relationship. I think we were about 12, 13 years into it after we had the kids. It was normal, just like every other couple, do whatever it takes, take care of the kids, go to work. It wasn't until we sat down and talked. We were away on a vacation. We talked and we were like, okay, what is your needs? What are my needs? Let's have this conversation. It was in Mexico and we had mm-hmm. that conversation. When I looked at that guy, I said, he's really hot. He said, okay. He came back. We start working out. He never looked back. We had that conversation. I said, I said yes, I like you to be fit. I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I'm attracted to that. We had that conversation and, it's, and we never looked back. Our mm-hmm. sex life, our intimacy, our marriage, our, the way we raise our children has all changed for better because mm-hmm. of that curiosity, because of that communication that we had together those 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it all started there. And that's we all were, built That's all built on life on life terms kind of stuff. That There's power of the third out there. Meaning if I conduct myself in better ways that are more attractive in general, it's going to be noticed. I can weaponize that, which that's the worst in me. That's not going to be healthy and beneficial in the right. long run for if I want to be in a committed relationship with the person I'm currently with. Mm-hmm. But I can use that knowledge and that path to create an energy. But if all of a sudden, Roger, you just decide, you know what? I'm, screw this. I'm just letting myself go. I don't care. I'm, I don't want to be fit. I want to gain 20 pounds in 2022. Let's go. That's 22 pounds. Here we go. That's this, this model of the year, right? And I hope it all goes right in the belly. In the neck, because that just is really a se- sexy to me. And she's all like, okay, you know, there's this, there's, there's a pressure there that's going to be going like when you're out again years later and she's watching this dude walk by, you're going to be going, why aren't you looking at me? Because you know yeah. what matters to her. It's a whole different thing if her character was the kind that would be like, I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking and now I'm following and I'm following and I'm gone. Yeah, that's a different character integrity thing that we don't test out enough. Yeah, but that is a power that's there. Of if I carry myself well, it's noticed, and I can use that to my advantage to be better and to add energy to my relationship. If I can take away the threat of it by living in line with the character of what I say I am too, because mm. there's a huge difference in that. Because I, there's a lot of times I've had couples or listeners that have even said. Something to the effect of I work out and I get noticed all the time and I tell my wife and it's like, okay, wait, how are you bringing it to her? You tell your wife? Because some of it can be other people are noticing and that's a, let me tell you what's going on and what's wrong versus, hey, you need to understand, I got options. (laughs) That's a different concept because she knows that already. She has options too. Mm. Let's not, let's not act like it doesn't exist. Yes. And so when you can just, not be as threatened by that. And that's more of a identity growth mo- movements in us. I, I really have a greater likelihood of bringing back what I'm really wanting mm. in the first place, which is the person I'm with. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. And I, and I said to him, I said, I love you. And I want us to be us and to grow together forever. Like we promised each other, but we got to do things differently now. We're getting older. I want to be healthier. I want you to be healthier. And we did. And we Like literally we worked out and he said to me, I think it was a second year. We did a show, the fitness show. He says, don't ever let me go back to how I looked before. Okay. 
He says, I feel good. I, I get it. I feel like, you know, and, and he does. And I do. Like, we we love each other. Not, I'm not trying to be shallow in any way, but the life, old lifestyle wasn't serving us. I got so, you. But there's also deeper things here, too. I got, I got to jump on this for just do a second. Do it, do it. Because this is what's so interesting. So you've got this thread of both of you have made this pact, if you will, with yourself and with each other. Yeah. Of This is a priority in the way I want to live. Yeah. So now you don't have to answer this. It's just more for the thought process than anything. What do you do when you see the other eating that second piece of cake though? What do you do when you see the other taking a shortcut and missing a week and letting themselves go? It's very hard then, isn't it? Cause this is my world too, of not being judgmental and indicting and, uh, Oh, well, here we go. And, and rather than, okay, hold on. They are their own being. Mm. I cannot be the person that's responsible for them and their choices. I can only address the impact of their choices. There's That's a huge difference because we react to it as, are you sure you want to eat that last piece of cake? And now I'm throwing it all away and I'm trying to mother or father them rather than I'm with a grown person. Let them make their own calls. And then as if they really start, you know, if Roger's really letting himself go, there's this element of like, uh, I'm kind of noticing that I don't have the tingle I used to have. That's the impact of it. That's just a, that's that's just a statement. That's not a threat. No, yeah, no, no. It's 100%. just a statement. Especially if you broke. guys had the foundation of already having had these conversations, yeah. it's less likely to be weaponized. Yeah, it's more just fact. Yeah, I think I'm more of the side where I won't sit there and bitching and complain that she's having that piece of cake. It's when she bitches and complains that oh, I'm getting a little bit rounder over here. Well. You did have a couple pieces. <laughs> you did miss the gym a couple of times last week. Yeah. You know? And you know, but 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 again, talking about doing the work before the argument or doing the work before this conversation, I know where that's coming from. We've uh-huh. already had this conversation. We are gonna take care of each other in every way. So we have to sign a Sunday to be a cheat day. The entire day on Sunday is cheat day. We have a few drinks here and there on the weekdays, but we keep each other accountable, I would uh-huh. say. Like if we have that piece of cake the next day, we're doing 20 minutes extra on cardio. It's just the way it goes, you know? I gotcha. So we, we had that understanding, I think, in, in terms of... But that's funny because oftentimes we react most when what our partner points out is actually truth. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, how dare you? Hey, it still hurts. <laughs> it still hurts every now and then. <laughs> you know, I understand where he's coming from. I'm like, shit, why do you yep. have to be... You know, I know it's happening, you know? So yep. it's, it's there. But again, that's going back to 90, 90, 10%. A lot of that's challenges, right? These are the things that we well, love. And then it, then it becomes, how do you interpret that of what do I do with the fact that he just pointed out truth? Because then I've got to come to groups with, okay, wait, I do want to be back in line with that. I do want to live that. I do want to, or I've got to teach him differently to say, you know what, honey, I am letting myself go. You're going to have to just get used to this. And those are both different, a little more integrity moves if that's indeed who you want to become. Mm-hmm. Right. And, Another integrity move is I do all the groceries, so I buy all the food for the house, and I know what we're going to eat for the week, so I know he's not going to fuck up. <laughs> or not, you're not going to fuck up. So, yeah, or I'm not going to get, you know, tested and, and take that piece of chocolate. I mean, yeah. I compromise and everything. I mean, she wanted, she wanted the fitness stuff really badly, so we got into the fitness stuff. My thing was I want to always have fun. No matter what we're doing, I want to have fun. So, you know, we both try and keep each other accountable on both sides. Uh-huh. You know, my dad passed away at 54 due to lifestyle and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, you know, I don't want that life. So uh-huh. I'm going to follow what you're saying, like work out, do all this stuff. And then, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I'm 48 years old. I feel I don't look my age. The reason why is because I, I like to have fun. Uh-huh. I think I'm just, I don't stress as much as other people. 
Yeah. So I want to continue that as well for my own health. That's good. We're both on each other for that. That's good. <laughs> so now if there was one thing that you wanted to reiterate to anybody listening that's having a little bit of struggles in their marriage, like if there's one thing that you could tell somebody to maybe pay attention to or advice, you know, any kind of advice. What, what would okay. That let's just kind of paraphrase a lot of what we've talked about by adding one last little concept. And that is that everything you do in a relationship, everything you do in a marriage communicates. No couple I've ever met has trouble communicating. It's the fact that everything you do or don't do communicates. So get better at dealing with the messages. Get better at dealing with what's being communicated, not the fact that I don't understand. Because if you get pissed off, you understand. You just don't like it. That's a different issue. Rather than, can you say that differently? Yeah, no, I don't need to. I said it exactly the way I want to because I'm pissed, you know, and you picked up on the fact that I'm pissed. And now you're pissed because I'm pissed. And now you're off to the races rather than, let me just be pissed. It's not about you completely, mm-hmm. it's only partially. So that's fine. That's not as much of a threat. And those are different because we impact each other. We're going to step on each other. We're going to feed off each other. Okay. How do I just react better? How do I respond better? Because that's the difference in realizing what's going on is normal and natural. And, you know, you guys would be epitomes of example. If you work together, you live together, you raise kids together, you, you know, you're, you're together all the time. It's incredibly difficult to not step on each other when you have varying moods as people throughout the day, right? Because I'm just down for whatever reason. And she could see that as, what did I do? And it's like, nothing. I'm just down that Corey didn't help us enough on that podcast episode. And it was a waste of my time, I thought. And you're like, what are you talking about? It was fantastic. And I'm going to agree with Nina, but it's just the, <laughs> it's realizing <laughs> it was fantastic. that it's just this, it's the dynamic of perception and, and views and differences. And fine, that's who we are. Mm. Don't take that so personal. Yes. And realize, I'm going to use that all the time now. Everything is a communication. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. How you communicate that she's mad or how she's communicating because she's mad. Say that again. I'm sorry. Cause you're saying it's how you take, how you, how you deal with it. So it, are you saying that it's how I deal with her being mad or it's, it's how both. she deals with what she's mad? Both. It's, it's both. So here's the example that comes to my mind. And this is not completely apples to apples because this is parent child, okay. but it, it, and it's sometimes the easiest way to see it when I have a hierarchy like that, cause it's harder. There's no hierarchy in marriage. Yeah. Necessarily. But there is a hierarchy in parenting because you're the parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my 14-year-old got mad a couple of days ago because he didn't get something done I had asked him to do because he says he didn't hear me say it needs to be done before you go to the next thing. He just thought it meant before I go to bed. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's got to be done before you go. And so he got pissed off and he ran into his room with some things set under his breath and slammed the door. And I'm like, okay. So I walk in there and say, buddy. I understand you're pissed. You still got to be respectful of things and those around you when you are. And I closed the door and I left. That's just kind of, I'm acknowledging where he is, but I'm not telling him he can't feel what he feels. Okay. Right. He, at the same time, has to recognize, okay, wait, I can't be mad. That's okay. But I can't take it out on other people around me completely. What does that, what does that solve? And that's the whole process that when marriages can start to do that, Mm. you start to realize that as, yeah, just let me be mad. Yeah. If I treat you poorly because I'm mad, now we got a problem. But if I'm just mad, what's the big deal? Yeah. There's a difference. Let me be mad. Yeah. No, yeah, it's good because be 
Because, I mean, we had that in our, she, in our day to day. She has a, a lot on her plate, being the mom, being the this, and we work together. And, and you know, so we have equal amount of responsibilities. I do find that she gets annoyed too often in a day. But I think what it is, is like you're saying, she might get a little bit more annoyed because of the way I react to that annoy, annoyance. Mm-hmm. And she can look at it and say, well, maybe I don't have to be annoyed as much like take care of other people's feelings around you like you're saying yeah like well, a lot of times there are a million things going through my head so yep. i don't have the time to stop and think of why am i annoying you do you know what i mean like there's so much happening in my mind i'm like okay i'll just let this one go i'll get back to it later on yep. because like I, my mind is so occupied but you take it wrong sometimes right so it's not like like Corey's saying i'm communicating to you that i don't have time for this right now so mm-hmm. you be mad stay mad whatever it is but I'll get back to this later because <laughs> right. I got other things that I'm dealing with in my mind. Well, so all of that works well in a vacuum. <laughs> and then there's times when it doesn't work well and we got to learn how to recover. Yes. Right. We're not sometimes gonna... you can be annoyed, but we don't have time for you to be annoyed, honey, because we got to make a decision and get this done. And so it, that's the whole struggle of married life. And the last message I would leave with your audience is that is completely normal. That is what is going to happen. So just figure out how to be better in how you approach it and see if your partner will invite it, be invited to join along too. Oh, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Now you can tell our audience where to find you because you're <laughs> awesome and you're full of amazing value and we want them all to listen to you. So my online home is smrnation.com, which stands for Sexy Marriage Radio. So it's just smrnation.com because we refer to anybody that listens to the show as part of the nation. And our goal is just to help people, uh, particularly in the nation, just amp up their marriage and their sex life and heat up the bedroom and their life. And, and just because it's so interwoven and intertwined, we just want people to be more vibrant and alive in all aspects of their life. And so smrnation.com, you'll find every episode, uh, any podcast you can find anywhere and you listen to podcasts and new shows come out every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Amazing. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been fun. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star rating on whichever platform you're tuning in from. It means the world to us to have your support on our show in this little mini way. (laughs) You can also stalk us on Instagram at Head Over Heels Show for more juicy stuff. If you have any questions, send them via email at us at hohshow.com or DM us on socials. Thank you for having us between your ears. And as always, we, we wish, wish you what, you we, what have. we have.